welcome to episode 36 of Get Out of Rap and today I'm joined again by Nick McEwen. Uh, I have called him charity expedition leader, bid writer, outdoor adventurer, LinkedIn personality. He's also doing a BA honours. He joined me in May of lo- uh, 2019 so a lot's happened since then and we had a really good chat. Left me very reflective afterwards. Uh, would be good to hear uh, the impact it has on you. Nick is always good value, uh, great guy, and hopefully you enjoy this um, this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Thanks. Bye bye. He's back for his second appearance. Welcome, Nick McEwen. I was going to. What do I call you? Like explorer, LinkedIn guru. What um, is what is your title? Definitely never LinkedIn guru. The worst thing in the world. I'll take national treasure. National treasure, because yeah. you. I think you've just been given that title the last time we spoke, which was by, by myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which was May of last year, was it? Yeah, long time ago. Long and time. Requested to come back on sixteen times since then. Yeah, you finally given it. Well, I had to go through your people first. <laughs> What has, I mean, we've got a lot to catch up on. What, yep. what, have, what has been going on since then? Because I think by, at that point, you'd finished the, the walk to Edinburgh raising money for shelter yep. and raising awareness about homelessness. And yep. then since then, just watching your LinkedIn and all the things you've been doing, you've had a lot going on. What, yep. you know, what has been going on? Um, so last, last year, obviously, finished the walk. Um, had a bit of, had a, for lack of a better term, not to get too serious, but had a bit of a moment afterwards. Um, it, I think that there's there's always a come down from these things, and like especially where it was my first. I'm not sure everyone knows I've done charity stuff before, but it was my first big expedition or whatever you want to call it. And afterwards, there was there was a period where, I mean, things weren't great to be honest. Like I. I I didn't like being around people. I was used to being on my own. Um, and there was just a whole, like, it was a kind of what, what, what now thing. And I went straight back to work and I was just kind of half bored, half I was demented walking up and down my front room, you know, and there's no way to live. Um, but sort of shook that off, got through it, and then started planning the next one. Uh, work was Work was pretty hectic which was, was good for me. And to be honest, the rest of the year was just a quiet one, mate. Like I had a lot of planning to do, some good people around me and just was pretty content. And then obviously I'd planned for the America one and I would have left on the 1st of March this year, which would have been uh, like a year, a year after the last one started. Then obviously COVID happened. So I said, I'll put it back to June, thinking that we'd knock this COVID thing on the head. And then, yeah, to put it back to next year. So, uh, really, the the only thing in in terms of fundraising I've done in between is the is the London to Chorley walk for Darien, which was um, for Darien House, which was um, it was really good, mate. It was it was one of those things that obviously I'm blessed to have two healthy children, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know an awful lot about. Um, what, what some parents have to go through and what they have to deal with. So, I mean, the whole experience 
of doing the walk for Daring was alive. I mean, now it was a lot, it sounds mental, but it was a lot tougher than the Edinburgh walk. I think because it was only a third of the distance, if that. But what it, I think what it was, what I've worked out since, is that when I started the Edinburgh walk, I wasn't in a very happy place at all. And it was almost like sort of metaphorically, I was walking away from all the stuff that was going on. So there was no way that nothing was ever going to stop me on that Edinburgh walk. I just went for it. But with the Derry one, where I was in a, a lot more content and happy place in life, it, it was a lot harder to get myself out of bed in the morning and walk <laughs> 20 miles. But it was, um, yeah, mate, it was just, it's just one of those things that, like, I've, I've been around the world, I've seen a lot of things, but it was just, like, when it hit home to me about, about what some parents have to deal with, and, I mean, they call it life-limiting illnesses, and, I mean, I think that's about the nicest term you can use for it. And then you hear stories about, like, I heard one not so long ago about a baby that was just a few days old, and kids that lived to seven, eight, and obviously, like, the money that we raised um, helped towards, like, what they call last holidays where they go for a bit of respite and stuff and fit like you have, you do that and then you go home and look at your two kids and they're all happy and healthy and you just think Jesus Christ dear you know like it gives you a bit of perspective mate and that that was I mean we raised about five and a half grand in the end I mean that's great people probably saw Leah on that she walked the last 50 miles with me and she she was a fundraising for well, she's just a phenomenon isn't she she just flew it so I was really grateful for that and everyone's support as always. Like we we always seem to pull it out of the bag with the support for these things. I think people resonate and I think I well, I hope that I sort of try and show people that you, you can give out a bit of time and do things for people and it, it don't hurt you. I mean it's only ever helped me doing things for people, mate, and it's it's made them it, it's made a massive difference and the staff appreciate it and the families do and Yes, it was an emotional one, mate. That one, really emotional one. And I'm going to do the America Walk next year, God willing, with COVID and Donald Trump and everything else um, for for them. I think exclusively for them because I was in talks with a few other charities and stuff. And I, I just, sometimes when you're dealing with big charities, there's a massive disconnect between you and, and what you want to do and what the, what the way they see it. And sometimes it just... It's a bit half arsed on their part, so but no, I didn't get that with Derry, and they were fantastic. And maybe I'll drop a link in to for people to go and have a look. And yeah, please do, yeah, mate. Yeah, but yeah, so that was that. That was one big thing. Obviously, I went to Uganda in January, which was just mind blowing. Obviously, I've supported the hospital there for for a couple of years now, and Paul Oyo, the guy that founds it, like. Some people know him on LinkedIn because he's nuts. Like he, he sends you 500 messages a day. And, but do you know what I mean? He's the nicest fella. And honestly, in my whole life, I have never met, having met the man and been there and seen what he has to do, I've never met anybody that works as hard as this fella. Really? Like he's just non-stop. So to, to explain a bit about the story, he comes from a little village and they had no health care. So just give you a picture. So you imagine there's a bit of fields, there's a bit of jungles, there's a bit of a bit of lakes and that's it. There's no infrastructure, there's no proper roads, there's nothing. So they, a few years ago, they had a well built, which which made a massive difference. And then for healthcare, I suppose the nearest place was Kampala, which was on dodgy roads, probably about two and a half hour drive. 
which is no good if you need medical care. So Paul and his family um, started St Mary's Hospital uh, a few years back just to provide sort of care to the local community. Now, obviously, as soon as that gets around that they're doing that, and people come from everywhere and they just needed a bit of support. So he got in touch with me and I, I, I sort of did a bit of support in, did what I could do and raise what I could raise and sort of put them in touch with people that I could put them in touch with. And then I thought, end of last year, I thought, well, look, the, the best way for me to help is to go there and see it and see what I can do, <laughs> if anything. So I went there and I, I flew out there. I, I didn't put too much planning into it, mate. I, as I don't, I just went for it, got there. Was just, I was just shocked again. Like it was so, it was there. What I was really shocked by was like, obviously being from here and going there, it's a big difference in terms of what they have and haven't got. We all know that. But just like genuine life, like say like to get Wi-Fi, you'd have to drive. X amount of time down the road if you wanted to, you can't even post about these things. I don't know how he does it, to be fair, but you can't even post about these things. And it was um it was the hope in the place. Like so I went to I put some photos on my on my Instagram and my LinkedIn page. And it was these these kids, mate, from all over the place that had walked Christ knows how many miles to come and get some water from the well. Mm. And they're having a great time, laughing yeah. their heads off, laughing and yeah. I'd be fuming. <laughs> yeah. you imagine, I imagine trying to send my kids two miles down the road for some water, you yeah. know, or whatever it would be, and you just can't imagine it. But these kids are happy and smiling and playing with their friends. And I just, it's then when I sort of thought that they don't know to what extent that they're underprivileged, you know, yeah. and they just get on with things. And they seem to have a good time doing it. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to make a real effort to help these people out. So Paul, being the joker that he is, made me give a speech to a whole village who <laughs> didn't understand a word I was saying, but seemed to enjoy it. And then, yeah, we looked at some schools. Uh, there was a school just down the road that he asked me to help out with, so we did that. Um, yeah, just it's just about now for me, obviously... It's, it's hard at the moment to explain to people, given everything that's going on, why you need to raise money for Africa and Uganda and things like that. And a lot, without going there, a lot of people will never get it, but it's education, it's opportunity, it's, it's everything, it's like health more importantly than anything else, health and education. And yeah, little things that I've, I'm doing and got in the pipeline, will be helping out with that. And yeah, no, it just feels really good, mate. It was a, it was a, wonderful experience i'm going to go back in february and i'm going to take my eldest with me because she's in the half term because she's 13 now and she's really interested in that sort of stuff and the things that i do and also i think it'd be good for her to gain a bit of perspective about how lucky she is when she's spending 30 quid on makeup or something like that you know what i mean so yeah it's all, it's all good stuff on that and mate i'm going back next year before the america war and that's 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 about me, mate. That's about up to date. I love I love all that kind of stuff. Though. It's like travel broadens the mind because it's hmm. like you say that it's it's through the the luck of birth that we're in this in this country with all with everything that we have. Yeah. To see to see you know like you say I love that kind of picture of kids being happy even though they've walked miles just to get water. They don't have Wi-Fi. I think there's that thing it, we're used to. If you want to know where your kids are, just turn off the Wi-Fi. 
find you, won't they? Um, I I just love that kind of thing. It's 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 a shame, really. It seems like we're all or the politicians will have us kind of get a bit more blinkered and think about ourselves more. One of the first things that I can't believe people were kind of campaigning on let's stop foreign aid you know it just doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense to me but well to be honest mate, i always try and i always, when it comes to my political beliefs and things like that, i've got to be honest now i'm evolving as time goes on like there was a time before i got into this stuff not that long ago if i'm honest mate where i would i couldn't understand why like obviously because i was big into the I did a lot of events for homelessness and did a lot of research and I couldn't understand why we had people sitting around on the streets and, but it's not just as simple as saying, oh, right, we're going to stop aid and chuck some money this way. And then the problem will be solved. There's yeah. it, it's what it is, is with, with all due respect, it's people reading headlines yeah, and saying, right, that is the only, the only thing that's going on here. There's nothing deeper. Like, I remember the, do you remember the Indian statue one where they built a, Big stature, and I'll put a post about saying, "Oh, it's nice to see you spending that." And I like death threats and everything from India. Really? Yeah, but then, yeah, loads. The whole country. But in reality, what I said was wrong because I didn't know all the ins and outs of things. So I just, I sometimes get on my oils about things. And it's just a shame that we can't be civil, though. Yeah. We still disagree without yeah. because otherwise. We're never going to progress because if it's just anger on both sides arguing, no one, if there's no, if there's not even an intention to compromise or to consider where other people are coming from, based in fact, I think that's one of the things that scares me is we kind of, the world's forgotten that facts are important. Yeah. (laughs) I always find now that I don't think people, um, it's like a cliche phrase, but people don't really listen. Yeah, that people are waiting for their turn to try and prove you wrong. Excuse me. With that, like you say, online, like because I remember, go back three years or so, you used to be able to have quite heated debates for like sometimes arguments on LinkedIn, and and it go on for a long time, and then like one one of those could last a day. In reality, who's got the time? But like I always try and approach it with. Like, I don't know everything. Mm. I've never thought I knew everything. And I know that there's people out there that have different opinions. I can't abide the the people that are just writing headlines and then saying, this is what it is. Like, you have all the, I had it all the time with the Donald Trump thing. Like, people get confused and think that I support Donald Trump. I don't. I don't in any way. But I don't just buy a headline of he's bad, everyone else is good, because that's not the case. And I, I never ever talk about things that I don't know about. Like mm. I, I'll always I'll always know something, do a bit of research first. And it just seems to me like the whole online space at the moment that I used to find so supportive and so uplifting is it's just a bit negative at the moment. Like everybody everybody's got an axe to bear and people are teaming up to get people banned offline. And a lot of reality is if you're not online you're exiled nowadays. You're not in the conversation mm-hmm. at all, which is, I think that's a dangerous precedent, mate. I, I don't think that's the way we should be going. When you were in Uganda and you were miles away from a Wi-Fi signal, yeah. you find that quite liberating then? Because you just yes. you literally couldn't 
Go yeah, on. like I mean, Paul. To be honest, in the hospital, Paul had some shaky Wi-Fi, dodgy Wi-Fi deal. He's tapped into somewhere, but I, um, it, it's barely usable. And I just thought, for me, it was. I mean, I could do with being offline more than I am in life in general. Obviously, one of the things I like to do is be outside, to be away from everyone and everything, and that that for me is peace. But it, it is like with having kids and other stuff. Like I find myself, I worry about things I don't need to worry about. Like the kids are with their mum and, and like I don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It, mm. But I find myself, oh, I'm at, I'm at signal for three hours or what someone said or do you know what I mean? What's going on? And But then after a while, you start to think, look, I remember I, when I was in Uganda, apart from one night where we found a nightclub, um, apart from that, I was going to sleep at like nine o'clock. Yeah. because there's no you're not on your phone you're not yeah. doing all these things you just close your eyes it's dark and you go to sleep and wake up seven eight in the morning and you feel like you slept for a month because i, I i'm i'm murder for that like i've start reading a news story at 10 o'clock and then you're in a rabbit hole before then you're watching things about the fbi on youtube <laughs> 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 it was liberating mate and i um it like in terms of that i've been thinking a lot about my online use and obviously I deleted Facebook uh, over two years ago now I think like because I found that to be really toxic I have Twitter and I've had it for a couple of years I think I've posted once on Twitter maybe twice I don't find that enjoyable there and I think LinkedIn was like for me so a few weeks ago I very nearly left I was like I just can't be bothered like I was thinking, I'm spending my time on this. I'm, I should be doing other things. I mean, work's busy, life's busy, and I'm here arguing with someone from God, the back arts of nowhere about nothing that matters to anyone. <laughs> yeah. was, but then I was kind of, th- so I was thinking, right, that's it. And then they brought the stories out. And on Instagram, like, I don't really post, I just do the stories mainly. To be fair. So I thought, well, maybe that's a better way for me to do it rather than scrolling through everybody's posts and just click through the people that I enjoy their content stories, see what they're up to. And it, yeah, it's cut the time right down. So for me, that was good. And then also I wouldn't have been able to do any of the, any of the things I've done in the last three, four years without LinkedIn, to be honest, because I wouldn't have met Paul, I wouldn't have gone to Uganda. I wouldn't have, but I wouldn't have known anything about dairy now since the other end of the country. Do you know what I mean? So those, I think that, what I have to do, instead of just thinking, oh, sod this and just jacking it off, just be an adult, really, and be able to regulate myself in terms of, there is life. I've got a, quite a busy life as it is. I've got a lot going on. I don't need to be sat there discussing the far ends of nothing with people I don't even know. So it's not to say that I don't appreciate everyone's support and <laughs> unfollow me if you want, but I probably won't be posting as much as I always have done. Um, more to probably just the stories and keeping people updated. And then just when it comes to the projects, the charity stuff, just ramping it up for a period to get it done over the line and get the support and then back to uh, back to silence, I think. I've always found your, your approach um, refreshing, actually. LinkedIn is a funny place, isn't it? And I know you can, I'm sure if you spent some concerted time, you could, like, I, I some, sometimes get frustrated with my own feed and I yeah. think actually I could sort that out myself if I just spent some time like yeah. curating it, if you like. 
I've always found your posts interesting. And you mentioned the word like evolving earlier from like yeah. maybe from when we first spoke. And I think that's I think that's great to see. I think you you do research before you you talk. And when you do make comments, I think um, having kind of know you a little bit, I can see the tongue in cheek bit. I find it is like positive disturbance. I quite like it. It's really funny sometimes. Yeah. Um, People have, you know, there's some quite pompous people out there who are promising the world. And um, I have to say, there was a point where um, I, I kind of just stopped, really. You disappeared for a while. Yeah, I just, the, kind of the same as you, really. I don't really, I, I do it through work with um, the work side of things. And I just felt like I didn't really have anything to say, not in a negative way. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I didn't have anything to say, why why say it? I, the thing I kind of regret in a way is stopping some of the job seeker stuff. But I started that again. Can I, can I just say on, on behalf of everyone, that's such a lovely thing you do. And you might not think that it makes a massive difference, but I'd imagine the people that you post it for and the people that helped out, they, um, they'll feel over the moon with that. Sometimes... When you're going for a hard time, it's just it's nice just to know that somebody cares as much as anything else, mate. Enough so just wanted to say that. Um well no, it's really nice, mate. Thanks a lot. I mean, I that started about 18 months ago because of when I was last out of work, I always mm. felt like I was just missing opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I think if people can just highlight them, it, it all helps. But I was like you, I kind of took a break. I just felt like I needed to. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think your your poster always interesting. It's always a highlight to see it. Okay. I think. Do you think LinkedIn? Where is it at right now? They've introduced stories. Mm. What's the kind of how how do you find it now? Is it a bit more positive place because of COVID, or is it not? What? Well, if I don't really, I don't think LinkedIn quite knows what it is mm. at the moment, and um, because look, I. I suppose that the, the, if there's a problem with it being too social, like I've got old man's up, so I'm probably part of that problem because when I first went on there, like it was, this is only, you're only going back to 2016. This, it was just people posting their CVs or, or you'd see those terrible job applications where they talked about the benefits of being you can have an apple at lunchtime, <laughs> you know, and that that was their um that, that was their positive points. But I so I I think that I was part of part of the group that that sort of started just posting about myself and posting about my life. And I mean, like I always try and say when people I get countless messages from people saying, "Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that?" And it's like you're asking the wrong bloke. <laughs> like it, it it is by no it's not, it's never been a method for me. It's not, I started posting for whatever it was years ago and, and it's, and people just seem to embrace it. And from there, like I, I never, I never had coaching. I never was in a pod. I never was part of a system that I just, just said what I thought and how I was feeling at the time. And Pete, and this is, like that was in some dark times for me personally and I had all sorts going on in life. And, but people just resonate with it and and the following that came with it and all that it turns into a responsibility and it turns into people watching your life and looking to you 
like strangers messaging you saying, can you post this for me? Can you say this for me? Can you help me with this? And it's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you, you are, you are asking the wrong guy. I've got no tips for it. I've got no, I'm not one of the, the LinkedIn coaches or gurus. I've just done, I think I've just, I've just had a laugh on there and and I've always tried to speak as me and say the things I want to say. And I don't get me wrong, I regret a couple of things I've posted over the years and, like you say, it's all about evolving. I was in, I was in an angry place, but late. So now, just because I was going off on the tangent there, now I don't post unless I've got something to say, because I used to just post every day, and whether it be uh, <laughs> moaning about something or <laughs> trying trying to pick fun in current events, or 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 even just post. Like I, I don't think I did. Hopefully, I didn't do too many. You know, you see those. What's your favourite biscuit post? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. are we doing? Like, yeah. we, like I, I don't mind. Like, I see the old one and it takes my fancy because people come up with some irrelevant ideas. But there, I'll tell you what happened. There was a post once and it said, actually said this, I don't read many books. Should I read more books? <laughs> that was that was the post. And I was like, right, done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And, uh, there was people going on there like, and you could see it was kind of a pod, and they were like, oh, um, great post. It's like, it's not a fucking great post. No, it's not a great yeah. post. Yeah. It's just, you're just talking about books. Yeah. You, should, you know you should be reading. So I thought that person sat there that day and thought, I've got absolutely bollocks all to say. So <laughs> what can I say? And that's, the, that's what they went with. But I think we've all done it. So I, I kind of just then backed off a bit and didn't put... I mean, it was going mental. You try and manage that. Like when you've got, you've got, I don't know, if every post, like for a while, especially after the Edinburgh Wall, if every post was going to 200,000 views and everything was getting 500 likes and 200 comments, like it's a lot. And and then you get all sorts of people messaging you about things that in reality are nothing to do with you. Like I had people offering me jobs at their companies, which I would have gone there, lasted about a week, and they'd have been like, "Why did we bring them here?" No, no clue or experience. This guy knows nothing. No, nothing at all. And that—that's yeah, what we want. That. I think. Yeah, I think that people massively overestimate um, my abilities in business. I'm not a businessman. I, I, I just think you're authentic. I think it's like authentic. It's that's probably the reason why people might get overly personal at times because they feel like they know you because. Yeah, well, well, I've always hoped so. I've always, yeah. hoped, I don't think that, I'll be honest, I don't think looking back at the stuff that I used to say and the way I said, it's not that it wasn't me, it's just that it was a version of me that I was for a while. Yeah. And and it's kind of like, when I look back, I'm not embarrassed by it. It's just like, I'm, I don't like to be the centre of attention. I'm not the loudest person in the room. And I like, I like having a laugh and I've got a good sense of humour, but I'm not that person. And I think that for a long time, people thought that that was me. And and some people, like, I have people I know that be on LinkedIn and be like, so someone messaged me once and said, oh, he said, would you say that? And I was like, I don't know if I would. And again, it makes you think. Yeah. Am I just saying this for effect? Or yeah. I think the more likely story is that that's who I was for that period of time. Yeah, now I evolved, and and now I think now I'm not bothered. I've got thirty whatever thousand followers, right, and that's great. It helps me out with 
charity stuff or helping other people out or posting. So as of tomorrow, I'm going to be posting advertisements for company instead yeah. of posting my own nonsense on there or yeah. things that people don't. I've seen that you're helping people out yeah. COVID, aren't you? Well, how hard is it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you're going to post, I'd rather post about I don't know someone's business yeah. and post. Should I read more books or <laughs> I don't yeah. like rich teas? The moment yeah. toss about that anyway. People are people are people will always jump on something if they think it helps them out. Yeah. And I think that just doing things like that, which takes no time at all, takes two minutes in the morning, and then it's done. And if that is seen by however many thousands of people see it, and that's not arrogance, it's just what the numbers are. So then someone might think, oh, do you know what? Spend at the moment, help someone out, doing a good thing. And if that's the difference, then then brilliant. But I think as a platform, mate, to get back to your original question 83 minutes ago, um, <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's just evolving. I don't think it knows where it is. I think it's stuck somewhere between social media and a business network. And people will tell you till they're blue in the face at the moment that the common theme is that you have to be yourself and you have to post personal. You don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you can if you want. And, and, it, and if it works for you, then great. If it doesn't, and because I see people just stick to business stuff on there and they're flying. Yeah. There was someone someone said to me once, do you think that a, a really successful entrepreneur sits there at night answering comments on their LinkedIn about things that are completely irrelevant to their business? And I thought, well, they probably don't, to be fair. But then people are building full businesses of it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you look at, I don't know, there's a few that have come up lately. Like I think there's I don't know, James Clutterbuck, he uses it really well um, to, to advertise his business. Leah, obviously she came on about six months ago, whatever it was, and she's just taken her life to a whole new level. And that's, that's just through consistency and talent and doing what you want to do. But the, it, it offers opportunities. Like, I'm always honest about what it's brought to me. Like, I, my job careers have changed over the years, but I've always done what I do, just on a on a lesser level than now. But Everybody else seems to seems to be flying. I've used it for different reasons than everybody else. Like I could have, I don't know, started a business selling shoes or <laughs> biscuits. Know, yeah, or biscuits. Yeah, <laughs> what sort of bookstore read? But I um I just thought that it's not really me. I've got a job and earns me enough money. I'm happy there. I don't have ambitions of being a millionaire. I'd like to carry on and be comfortable and be able to have the freedom to do the things that I want to do and that's what it's done for me mm. um I, I feel for the first time in my life I'm sort of financially emotionally everything I'm free you know I don't have I don't have massive overheads I don't have someone I need to report apart from the kids and stuff you know I don't have to report yeah. to people I can do what I want to do when I want to do it and that suits sort of the person I've evolved to be. Like if I want to go to the Lake District for a few days, I don't have to say to my boss, oh, yeah, I need to, I, I can just I can just kind of do it. And I think that, that that for me was always the goal. Um, don't get me wrong, if someone had said in between times, we'll give you hundred grand a year to come do this other company, I would have done it. Yeah. But, but this this was the goal to be free. And I feel this year that I've sort of finally achieved it. Now I'm not finished. I've got I've got some things that I still want to do and need to do, but in terms of life and, and what, what I've used it for, it's given me freedom. 
I'll, I'll have to be honest about that. And people say that it's a nothing network, it doesn't do anything. Well, it's the same as anything else. If it's not doing it for you, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. That's what I always say to people. You mentioned the Lake District, and that's kind of something I was going to ask you about mm. the importance of like nature, and you're kind of like the like the bare grills of the South Coast. Yeah. Um what talk about that kind of stuff. Are you still doing like it's um you went on a survival course and things like that and the importance yeah. of just getting out into nature. Yeah, so like I, I've had a lot of skills when I was little because my granddad used to take me out and and I used to go out with friends and whatnot. So I was in, it's embarrassing to admit now, but I was a sea cadet for a long time and they used to do make us do things. It sounds dodgy, but it's not dodgy, but like you wouldn't be allowed to do now, like just dropping us on Dartmoor and leaving us. Yeah. And we had to find our own way back in the rain and all, all those sorts of things. So I was, I was in the air cadets, mate, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Getting to fire guns and stuff and go on exercises. Yeah. And I, used, I used to sew a fiver into my jacket when they dropped us down because we did it four years in a row and there's a petrol station. <laughs> road that you have to go. So I was always stuck there and get chocolate and stuff. But we were doing that from when we were like seven. You know, and the oldest one in the group was probably 12. Yeah. You never get away with that now. But that was, that was always good fun. Uh, yeah, long live HMS Dryad. But um, I, yeah, so I've always done stuff like that. I've always loved nature and the outdoors. And I went for a period of time, so probably from when, probably just before my son was born, so probably like 2013, to not doing anything like that. And I realized with all the, like, it's well documented the problems that I had in my life and talked about it a lot and all of that stuff was not helped by the fact that I'd stopped doing the things that I loved, like just being outside, just, I mean, even fishing, you know, like just kind of sit somewhere and, and mm. cause I do that now, just go and sit and think. And I'm happiest, obviously apart from when I'm with the people that I love, when I'm, when I'm out in the woods and I'm, yeah. and I'm on my own and just enjoying nature. I mean, the Lake District, I've never been before, but I went when I was a kid and that, but I wanted to, experience it in the winter because I had loads of new gear, wanted to set, like, try my survival skills out because I'd done nothing for a good number of years, apart from like little wild camps here and there around the old fort and fairroom, which is not somewhere you want to be camping at night. But yeah, so I went up there, tested myself, it was snowing, it was it was good, it was really good. And, and since I've embraced that side of life again, um, I'm a lot happier um, just in general. Like it, it gives you room and time to breathe. For me, like obviously I wouldn't advise people to just run out into the hills or whatever, but for me it's um it's massively useful and it, and it where I have quite an unusual life in terms of everything that goes on, it gives me headspace where I can just get away and just give myself a minute just to try to compartmentalise everything. I've seen a lot of stuff for someone my age and I've been through a lot of things and it's, it's thinking time, mate. It's time to reflect. And as well as that, you learn new skills all the time. You're forever evolving. Your abilities out there as well, because when you're out there, it's just you. Mm. Uh, often places where my phone signal wouldn't work if I wanted it to. So it's, it's kind of just about being on your own, surviving. And all of that, all of those kind of things that I've re-embraced. Like I've, I've talked about it before. It's at the end of that Edinburgh walk. Like, so, because... Again, we spoke last time about everything that was wrong with my life. And once I'd finished that, and that was finishing that and, and being able to do it. And that was my Everest. So everything after that doesn't, I'm not phased by it, mate. I've got no 
no bother with going to do anything, trying anything, going anywhere, I'll, any challenge that I, I feel like I'll give it a go because there's nothing mentally, physically, I'm never going to be worse than I was then. So, and still managed to do it. So that that was Everest and that was how that was how I embrace all the challenges I take on now. I just think back to it's positive reinforcement. I know I've done it. I've done it before. I could do it again, you know? And that that's where I am, mate. The outdoors, like I say, it's just my release. It's some people like video games and some people like I don't know, other things that people like. <laughs> like going to nightclubs and stuff. But yeah, I'd much rather spend the night out in the woods. There's something about um I guess during this weird year we're having and mm. look, always being in some sort of permanent state or about to go into another lockdown, mm. there is something about trying to make sure you get outside yeah. and you get you get around nature, even if that's like just the, the estate I'm on um, has a path. You can see trees. You're not actually in trees. Yeah. Just a five, ten minute walk getting out makes a, a massive difference because i think we could all we're all going a little bit cabin crazy aren't we yeah yeah i mean the the last one where where you couldn't go out that was what are you doing i just clicked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's saying disastrous was going on um no i um the last one where you couldn't go out and everybody was like the rules weren't sort of up for discussion up for discussion there that was just do what we say and everybody did it because we all I think everybody pulled together and we we're clapping for the NHS and all that, all that sort of things that I think we'll look back on in a few years give them bloody pay rise do you know what I mean don't clap for well them. yeah my, my sister's a paramedic and she has been like 20 years and I think you know they yeah thanks for the sentiment but the same people that suggested we clap have voted continuously against giving them pay rises so yeah like save I, claps and give us some give us better pay and a bit more respect yeah and one of the things that just off on a massive tangent is that um my son's mum she's a nurse and um she we used to have to pay for her to park at the hospital to go to work i just think that that's madness like absolutely I, I could never ever envision that that's that's an acceptable idea not at all how was how have you been in lockdown or what how would you what's your thoughts with this because we're on the eve aren't we like yeah. Well, like, well, I did a podcast the night of lockdown last time, right? So I did it with a lady called Amanda, and like none of us really knew what was happening. We all just thought, well, do you know what I mean? It'll be all right in a few weeks. And so we, I was kind of jovial about it, but then it was awful for me. Like, like to be able, I mean, I was in the garden, I was doing things, but still it wasn't, wasn't free. Yeah, you know, I put a lot of emphasis on that in my life, and I wasn't free, and I didn't feel free, and it was hard to be honest, mate, to deal with. And but the caveat to that is that I'm naturally an empath, so I knew that everybody was going through worse or similar, and I would try and post things that I thought would cheer people up. I mean, because that's that's the voice I have. Yeah, I could never get round to thirty-five odd thousand people to talk to them. So I could post something, and if it in if I have received a lot of messages since lockdown. I mean, it's always happened, but since lockdown, like just people saying like, "Oh, mate, just cheers for that post this morning." Yeah. Me, but 
it's cheered me up a bit or whatever and it's made me look at things differently and I sort of I did a post about what to do if you're preparing for redundancy because I've been there myself and it was basically the anti everything that I did so I do the opposite of what I did last time just about getting your CV organized just about speak reaching out to companies you want to speak to and, and I think that I got so much positive sort of messages and feedback for that that I thought well maybe I've done something maybe I've done all that I can yeah. do but this time, I think it's just, number one, I don't think everyone's going to listen to it. No. I have to say that because, <clears throat> excuse me, why, why would they? Like, you've got people that are disinterested at the best of times. They've got, we've got a government, without getting political, that, it's, yeah, it's hard for everyone, but they're bungling through it. Yeah. Like, like so for, I'll put a post on when they've closed gyms. Yeah. But you can still get a takeaway and beers and, like there's no there's no logic in that whatsoever. Yeah. And I know they're trying to keep hospitality alive, but I have you ever gone to the gym and been within two meters of someone? No. No, and I read I read I'm the same as you. The gym closing is the probably the biggest and like you like you said, there's people that are worse off and all of that, but it doesn't mm. doesn't stop us being able to talk about it. No, of course, exactly um, that thing. The gym and going to this boxing club near me has been like my godsend, you know, it's kind of, um, I read this thing and I know test and trace is flawed completely, but I think they've, there's only been 78 cases out of two million, you know, 200,000 or something that have yeah. originated in all of the gyms in the UK. So I don't get it. And like you say, even before all this, we're an arm's length society anyway. So anyone that gets within an arm's length, we're uncomfortable. So yeah. In answer to your question, if someone in the no one in the gym has ever been that close to me without me thinking, what are you doing? I'm, I'm moving away. Yeah. So, yeah it's, no, it I just, it's, it's madness. Madness. And them doing that, it just compounded it for me that they don't really know what they're doing. Because no one's explained to me yet how so when we come out of lockdown in time for Christmas, so everyone will be rushing through their Christmas shopping. The high streets will be packed. Everyone will want to go and see their families because it's Christmas. They'll be traveling on aeroplanes and buses and coaches and trains and everything else. And then it will be a massive spike again. And then what do we do? Just lock down again and then just do this forever. Yeah. Like there has to be a point where either someone says, right, look, this is actually what's going on. This is actually how it how it spreads. This is because it's all well and good. Like, say if you had diabetes, right? If you're a diabetic, you had a heart attack and died. They wouldn't say it's anything to do with the diabetes. They'd say you've had a heart attack and died. But if you'd had a positive COVID test in the last 28 days, they'd say due to COVID or there'd be a mention of it. And that gets put in with the numbers. So what are, one, what are the numbers? What are the real numbers? There's no way we could have spent 12 billion pounds on, on a system to trace people that actually have the virus and it hasn't worked. There's no way that we could have spent all this money. And you think this is seven months now mm. we've been dealing with this. March, we locked down. Seven months, billions and billions of pounds. And basically, they what he said on Saturday or whatever was that we're back to square one. Yeah. We're locking down again. Nobody knows. No one's any the wiser of what's going on. Nobody knows how many people have actually died. We know, like, I mean, if their death rate is correct, which it isn't, it's a tiny amount of people that have died. And that's, look, 
that is not saying that people haven't died and we shouldn't feel bad about that. But then people are people are still alive. People are losing businesses and jobs every day. People like twenty thousand. I saw this morning twenty thousand people in Baltimore have lost their jobs since COVID started. Twenty thousand. Yeah. Was it, what, what's what's the population of Baltimore? One hundred and ten, one hundred and twenty. For it just doesn't make any sense, and I think that this time I'm just a bit more. I think because I've got bored, and where I where I'm bored of COVID, bored of the situation, and where for me because I've I have certain issues where like I I need to be in a routine and I need yeah. to be active that's just how my mind's always been for whatever yeah. reason that may be I won't talk about it but that's just how I am and for me this is an absolute nightmare and like I said just because people are suffering doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to talk about how we feel I always say that to people but I don't know mate. I don't know what the answer is I mean this this whole lockdown for me is a nightmare I understand the premise behind it but in reality in hindsight I don't think it works I don't think people are adhered to it and I think we're still at square one I think there's, um, in terms of like stats, one of the things I think is interesting and is looking at um, not unexpected, what's the word? It's kind of like deaths, deaths over and above what would be not, what we'd yeah, normally yeah. see in for certain age groups and things like that. Yeah. There's a, um, a great documentary on iPlayer that's comparing America's response to COVID with South Korea. Yeah. And, and just South Korea, how they've been able to, and nothing that they're doing we didn't have access to we had we have access to the only difference i think is they explained is south koreans are probably culturally more open to sharing data they've been sharing data and yeah. their movements and they were quite happy to for the government to download on mo force download on everyone's mobile phone their their tracing app which they offered to us at the start of this for nothing yeah. And we, we said no. So I think you're right. It seems to me that this is, until there's a vaccine, we have to get used to some kind of pattern of lockdowns. I, to be honest, I find it a bit condescending about Christmas. I love Christmas. But yeah. if, the, if the option is we, you, there might be some version of lockdown or we've got a solution that means you, you're going to have a different Christmas, but we've got a really good plan. It's like it's like they're treating us like little kids. So go, you're gonna still gonna get your toys, yeah. If you do this now, <laughs> well, they they've just lost all credibility with it. Like I, I, in the South Korea model, I actually have seen something similar. I don't think it's the same one, but I think it's fair to say that a lot of countries are a lot more disciplined than we are, um, because we like if they had said at the beginning, right, this is what like say in America, for instance. Now, I mean, it's probably worth remembering because what I always forget is that America's got over 300 million people. So 200,000 dead isn't any worse than our score is in reality score. Um, but it's bad either way. It's at the moment, yeah. yeah. But it's little things like, so if they had said, right, here's a strict, stringent thing from the start and this is what we need to do, then that's great. Like, so for instance, I remember... Just on the American side of things, I remember Trump saying, let's lock down to China. So let's not let Chinese people board a plane to fly to America. Now, they got they told him that that was xenophobic. You can't do that. And it's racist. So he said, all right, we won't do it. 
Now, those same people that said that are saying you should have done it earlier. So you're never going to win either way. Boris couldn't win in this. Like, I'll admit that. Hands up, he couldn't have. But we, we haven't... Nothing's changed. Like, absolutely nothing has changed. And no, I can't, nobody can tell me how it's going to be any different because the vaccine isn't here yet. The vaccine's not going to be here for a while. And even when they do miraculously invent a vaccine, it's not just going to be rolled out to everyone instantly. Mm. And I just think that it just seems to me like we're pissing in the wind 24-7 and everyone's got a theory and everyone's got a, what I'd want to see rather than theories and ideas is someone say, look, like you said, Jack Christmas in, right, or have a slightly different Christmas. At the end of the day, if it was to change for a positive, right, this is actually what's going to happen. This is the date we've got. This is how it transpires. Then fantastic. Sign me yeah. up. Yeah. But this whole pissing in the wind thing that they're doing at the moment, I mean, it might improve with no end date in sight. For me, it's just unbearable. And like, this is, I mean, we know the negatives. There's suicides, there's businesses going bust, there's people's health effect. There's people that still ain't seen their families now for X amount of months, you know? Mm. There comes a point where with a disease like that or an illness, whatever you want to call it, which isn't the worst illness in the world, despite what it does to some people, some people are not genetically, but some people are physically weaker than others. Some people are ill. Some people need extra support. So shield those people and let everybody else go on with their day-to-day life because life has to go on at some point. You can't do this forever. You just can't. It's not feasible. What's um, one of the things I was going to ask you, actually, mm. maybe not just about um, COVID, yeah. but I'm sure people would be interested in what is a day in the life of Nick like? <laughs> um Right, so every every day is different, um, different but the same, I suppose. So, one what a lot of people don't know about me is that my actual job is bid writing. So education, construction, just writing bids, really. So I will I will take on a project, um, give an amount of time for it to be finished in, or have a deadline with it, and work my way through it like that. Now. What I was doing before was loads of other stuff, social media stuff, helping people out with that. And basically, I don't want to say I couldn't be bothered, but I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> and and like I worked out the hours financially and stuff. And I mean, it was good money, but it was just wasn't worth it. So now a day in the life of me at the moment, as it stands, a work, are we talking a work day here? Well, just when, you know, what are your routines? What are your plans for... If it is different, going to be different for lockdown. I know, like the gym, yeah. is important to you and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, bid. So this time, um, in terms of, so I get up. I want to say I'm going to make myself sound really bad here, but when I want. Yeah. In reality, I will sort of potter about a bit, do a bit of social media stuff. Always, I always watch a video on YouTube because some someone will send me something or some. I link something and then I'm 45 minutes in before I know it and then have a shower. Get me Maybe monkey riding on a pig backwards. <laughs> <laughs> or grandma's falling over compilation or something like that. And um, I, so I'll, I'll start work and um, depending on how big the project is, I have some weeks that are manically busy where I have to work seven days a week and other when I probably work three days a week. So if it's just a normal week, I'll get started, uh, have a couple of hours doing that. 
till about lunchtime, have something to eat. I'm a vegetarian now. I'll, I'll talk to you about that in a bit. And then, yeah, back to work, get that finished. So I usually head to the gym. I try and go every day at 20 to 6. Right. Very specific. Yeah, it's just my I'm a bit routine I get like that. So it's 20 to 6, I like to go, spend about an hour there, 50 minutes, whatever they allow you to have, come home, sort of go through my social medias, do you know what I mean, see what people are doing. If there's anything that I need to catch up on, a lot of sometimes a lot of the charity stuff I do in the evenings. Um, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that that people don't see. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of that in the evenings. And then, yeah, just sort of, if I'm not doing anything, like going anywhere, fishing or out into the woods or whatever, to check in with the kids and make sure they're all right. And yeah, just just do that really. It's not, it's my life, I've always said this, even when, even though it's at the peak of my house, my life is never exciting as people think it is. You know, I think people have this, because a lot of people don't, like some people like you and that you build relationships with and people like get to know you or some people on the next level think that they know you and then there's other people who don't know you, they just see things that you say. And I think that sort of third level of people think, oh God, look what a life he leads. Do you know what I mean? He's always going to these amazing places and he's doing these, nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> and, and the thing is where I, so when I used to write these bids for, for companies, just for these companies, I had to be disciplined in terms of I'm reporting to people and it's not really like that now so for me obviously you do you have to maintain it's, it's suited my my life at the moment like I was trying to explain it, I'm free yeah and it's been well, 34 years old and it's taken me 33.5 years to get to the stage where I'm content and I'm free and don't get me wrong I've got things that I need to sort out and issues and those are the things that everyone else has in life, but I'm happy, mate. And and that that's sort of that is a day. And at the weekend, obviously, either see the kids, chill out with friends and people who yeah. love, or, or like sort of head out somewhere, do something, head out to the woods. And I mean, I'm not one for nightclubs and stuff like that anyway. And I'm not really, I don't, I don't have millions and millions of friends. Like I've got, I've got a fair few, but I'm quite a private person mate and I'd rather I'd rather be out in the woods either with the kids or on my own or with my friends and just doing that really it's, it's not I say it's never never ever get as excited as people think it is more power to you I'm just happy you're happy that's means a lot, means a lot. and uh, a different place last time we spoke I think massively different place you're still you're still you're still the heart you've still got a good heart a big heart even even then and different. I think that's one of the things that um, I, w- I worked in. I was lucky enough to work in Istanbul for two and a half years, and I'll never forget at work seeing people really argue, like shout at each other, yeah. um, and then go outside instantly, go outside having a laugh together, having a smoke. And they very that their culture was different in as much as they said we can disagree about things but i love this person yes their view on this particular subject is is different i think we're too black and white at times you know going back to that kind of thing about especially online arguing online i can i can be friends with someone who i will have different views on certain things and still love them still love dearly i think that's okay Um, yeah i'm really happy you're happy that means a lot because i said me and you I mean, I'll be honest, I've got 
more now normally when people get older they sort of more lean towards right wing views on things, don't they? More further to the right. Yeah. Now I've gone the opposite way. Um but when no, I remember no. when we first started speaking, we didn't like we would disagree we would disagree and we we would disagree and we have disagreed about things that that uh, like social issues and all that sort of stuff. But both from a both from a place of actually caring. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the difference. That's what yeah. you do. I always try and explain to people like you could someone I wouldn't give a toss if someone supported Trump, if they had a reason for doing it. I'm not going to eliminate or, or Boris or Vladimir Putin if they had a reason for doing it. I'm not going to eliminate them and un, non-validate their existence because I disagree with that. I just think but I, I, that's learned behavior for me. Like yeah. I, I have learned, I think that I, basically I've just got softer as the years have gone by and softer and happier. And I've seen, I'm from a small town, mate, and you don't see any of the world and you don't know anything when you're just in a small town. You think you do and you don't. The best thing I ever did was broaden my horizons because I started to see that people who I thought the world of, nah, I shouldn't really have thought the world of and, and other things that you see, you see the world for what it is and people. I've, I've genuinely met people in the last four years that I hold just as dear as people I've known for 30 odd years yeah. because of their intentions and because yeah. of the way that they are. People that are just genuinely genuinely kind and genuinely want to be in your life for all the right reasons and those people are, are gold dust mate but I didn't know I didn't know about any of these people I didn't know about the world and what it is I'm, I'm just a normal bloke like I was always bang average at stuff mate like bang average at most things and lived a bang average as existence till my life went absolutely tits up and it forced me to get outside my comfort zone and where I lived and, and like the same 30, 40 people I'd known my whole life, you know, and look at the world for what it is. And that's when that's when I started to wake up a bit to to what life is. And like I say, it's just been a it's been a journey, mate, that that I've got a story to tell in it all and it and it's been a hell of a ride. But I think that now I think I'll be honest, if I'm a hundred percent honest with myself and with everybody that listens. I think that this is the first time in my life I could say genuinely that I'm happy. You know, I'm happy and I'm free. And and that's not, and there's no way to, if my ex-wife listens to this, or it's not to diminish <laughs> yeah. what I had and what we built. And But it's just the, the perfect storm of work and contentment and yeah. everything that's where I am now. And freedom, mate. I keep mentioning it, but freedom, and that—that's where I wanted to be. I'm not good at being confined. I never have been. Mm. And to to feel happy and to feel free, and like I still have the odd wobble here and there, and days when I days when I don't get out of bed. Sometimes I had I had one probably a few months ago. I just didn't even get out of bed for the whole day. I didn't want to. Mm. And but I've got the freedom to do that now, and yeah. if I need to, and yeah, it's just happiness, mate. It's contentment. And, I love it. You don't have to qualify it. I just think it's lovely to hear. Okay. What um, did you say, vegan or vegetarian? Well, vegetarian. Yeah. With a, with the notion of going vegan eventually, but I didn't want to just say overnight bang or going vegan because it would have been too hard, and I'd have been I'd have given up. 
but vegetarianism, like, so what it, what it was for me, I mean, I've always had an ethical thing about eating meat. Like, I've always thought, yeah. But I used to go out in the woods and catch things and eat them and, and like, do it myself. And I had no problem with, like, you know, pheasants and rabbits and stuff like that. And, like, especially... Cats. As, cats, yeah. <laughs> chimpanzees and no but as as i got older um i started doing it more often and i started to started to develop this thought that you probably shouldn't eat something that you haven't caught yourself mm. because you don't know where it's come from you don't know how it's lived and i mean i'm i'm not a mad peter nutter but i do care about animals and yeah but i like again it is it comes down to like if i told my mum and dad when i was 10 or 12 or whatever that I was going to vegetarian it just it just it just wouldn't have happened Let's yeah that sentence wouldn't have been in your mat in your wouldn't have happened so like but what I have found interestingly is now vegans criticize vegetarians and I thought like so when I first posted about it some mental woman on LinkedIn started going mad at me saying why don't you just go vegan and then I was like give her the reasons why and then she just started putting all these videos and going mad at me. And I was like, well, look, I'm on the right path. I'm on the right path. Yeah. Last, week, last week, I had a mixed grill. Now, but vegetarianism, mate, is, to be honest, I, I, I started as well feeling the bit that I didn't just say. I started feeling a bit sluggish when I ate meat. Yeah. Like if I had, I don't know, a steak or a big mixed grill fan, I started to feel a bit like afterwards. It's just like for a day. Yeah. You know, just felt like not hung over mm. but just a bit sluggish and I was like I wonder if that and then I sort of worked it out to be only when I had meat and and it could be any meat I mean chicken was better than sort of red meat and stuff but I was it was much much and muchness so yeah I made a decision and sort of just went with it and honestly it's been so easy because there's so many alternatives out there nowadays and also, it's one, one thing I do like about it. It's got me trying things that I'd never have tried otherwise. Well, you, you started sharing, like, recipes and pictures yeah. and stuff you were making. Are you still doing that? Yeah. But what I have done is got into a mum cycle of, you know, making the same seven dinners every week, even though I've got people were really good. I must have been sent about four, or 500 recipes in the end. But you get into mum mode with it, you know. Yeah. That's easy. I'm just going to have that, but. Things that well, things that people don't believe you on. So, like, for instance, you know, corn, like the, the company. Yeah. They make. I don't know how they do it. They make chicken nuggets, right? That just tastes like chicken nuggets. So it's no different. Like, I yeah. literally taste no different. Their sausages are nice as well. I'm partial to a few corn things. Yeah, and it's and it's like so for. I'll have like so. I one of the recipes I posted was like I think it was black bean and sweet potato enchiladas. Honestly, it was delicious. It took no more time than making a meat yeah. dish, yeah. and it probably cost me about three quid less. Yeah. So there was no, there was no benefit. I'm not saying to everyone just go and be vegetarian. I'm not a nutter, but like, if you want, if you want to cut down on your meat and stuff, like anyone, send me a message. You know, I mean, I've got thousands of recipes or hundreds of recipes that I can send. I've just found it really, really good, and I do genuinely because I think that as well. Like, if you'd have meat normally, you'd just have like potatoes and one bit of veg with it or whatever. But since I've been in this and 
like the, the fitness regime because I'm not injured for the first time in two years. Makes the first, oh, mate, it's, it's been, well, don't get me wrong, my leg's still on the wonk, but I can do things now. So yeah. going to the gym, eating stuff that just is just packed full of goodness, mate. And it's been so, I've got so much more energy. Yeah. Also, I did make a, a conscious effort to drink more water as well. Like I've I've done that, so yeah, it just it just it gives me more energy to go to the gym in the first place. I feel like I've got more energy when I'm there. I'm not taking. Uh, I used to take obviously pre-workout supplements, yeah. proteins. I haven't found so far that I've needed to. Um, obviously, but I do keep my eye on things like that because where you're not eating meat and it's quite a quick transition, you have to you have to keep your eye on that. But so far, so good, mate. Yeah, we're way into it now and. Just feeling really good, feeling really healthy. Well, I'm, I'm so bummed out about the gym. I'm loving this, and um, we'll have to leave. We won't have. It's down to me because I took a break from doing this as well. But um, yeah, let's not leave it as long next time. No, I, I do entirely blame you. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, um, but that's yeah, fine. Mate, look, let's not. Let's do. Let's do. Um, let's schedule one every six months. Yeah. yeah just lastly, before you go, are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. I um, yeah, I did. I disappeared, but it wasn't necessarily anything uh, negative. I when I started the podcast, I was at a time when I'm like you. I've got uh, my I've been separated and divorced for like five years, six now. Um, But I saw, you know, it was fine. Saw my kids loads. They're the most important thing in my life. Work was going well. But I don't mind admitting I was a bit lonely, a bit bored. So yeah. I start I started the podcast. It it went really well, but I've never, don't get me wrong, there there are times when I think I'm mental not trying to monetize it when I yeah. see how, how overdrawn I am and stuff like that. But <laughs> what not, about Nicaragua? We've got a big fan base in Nicaragua. It's huge, yeah. We should move over there. Um, <laughs> but I've never I like you, I don't like being beholden to anyone about stuff that's creative or so I've resisted all overtures of monetizing or being sponsored or being asked what to do. And to be honest, it just got a bit much people like pestering. And so I just stopped and I like, and it was a bit like a child. I was like, no, right. So yeah, I was like, no, sorry. I don't want to do it. It's the moment it stopped being fun. Um, That was it for me. But yeah. I, but behind the scenes, I was fine. I've met the love of my life. It just happened, yeah. you know, about a year ago. Just, yeah, nearly a year ago. What's his name? <laughs> Her <laughs> name's Bev. Um, She's got two lovely daughters that I feel like they're my own, that while families are blended perfectly, my youngest sees uh, the girls here as her sisters it's be, it couldn't have gone better i'm i like you yeah. i've never been happier so hey, that, that's that's lovely that is mate that's lovely especially if you were feeling a bit lonely as well because well, i think there's a lot of people like oh, it's a whole nother podcast but i think there's a lot of men around our sort of ages that are in that situation mate and life yeah. can be a, a pretty lonely place sometimes it is when you don't want to if i don't i think you don't want to be a pain to anyone. Yeah, that's so exactly right. You see your friends 
in relationships, they've been in relationships a long time, everyone's settled, you don't want to bother them really. So you yes. just get used to being on your own, but that isn't normal. We're not. No, we're not it's not. I mean, I've spent a couple of Christmases on my own. Same. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's like, you try and not let it bother you. And it was Christmas day was always all right. But then it was the boxer because my, my family, my siblings and my mum, they all work shifts, they're all key workers and stuff. So it was, I had a couple of Christmases on my own and it was like, for Christmas was all right. And then Boxing Day, I was like, oh my God, what is my life? And you see yeah. films on TV with loads of families sat around. Exactly. Yeah. And someone always knocks the door at the end of the day, don't they, when, when on the films, when you're lonely, but they don't in real life. Like no one just knocks the door and then... well that's why I think you're the when you shared messages on LinkedIn about and I know yours are always genuine telling people get in touch if they yeah. if they, if they want to talk. I found um, I back in the day played football um, at a pretty decent level. It was finding football again yeah. past the you know just over the age of 40 that was a revelation to me because what happened as, as soon as the football finished, I was having conversations with guys where you'd never normally have them. People felt safe to talk about their challenges. And I think it's a massive issue mm. that um, there is a reason that I'm in the dangerous age group. I think you're just about to enter it. It's the biggest killer of men over the age of 35 is suicide. And, um, you know, I think there is still that kind of thing where you don't talk about it. You don't talk about the fact that on the outside, I have a good job. I've got amazing kids. I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. But you can still have moments like you mentioned there, Christmas. I, I can remember a couple being on my own, knowing the kids were coming to me on Boxing Day. Yeah. Just trying to convince myself it wasn't actually Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. Going, right, the 26th is the 25th. Because yeah. if I allowed myself to think about the contrast between what you are seeing on TV or yeah. what you can hear in the next door neighbour's house, you would go insane. So, oh, 100%. I think a lot of people um, are open. A lot of people say they talk about it. And will. And I, what I did for a long time was help other people out with it because um, I understood it because I was going through it. But they would have never known that. Yeah, you know I mean, and that was like I can't stress it enough when it comes to things like this. Like when I say reach out, like obviously I have limited time, like everybody else. Do you know what I mean? I have a bit more free time than others, and I always try. And, but I, I do want people. Like if if it, if the difference, mate, between kids growing up without their dad because he couldn't take any more and he was alone yeah. and felt like he didn't have anywhere in the world, and that not happening. Mm. is the case of a few text messages that maybe like I'm no professional but I've, I've been through a bit and I can always sort of refer people to someone who knows more than me if that's the difference if that's all it takes yeah. sometimes then I'm not being funny I, I wouldn't want that I mean I think that most of us well I know in my life and been affected by suicide and and I wouldn't wish that no guilt and all that sort of stuff on anybody no you know what i mean and, and you are right i think that there's some fantastic strides happening and some great initiatives but i think we all just need to keep an eye on each other more and that's not look, i mean in general people do but i think that where i mean me and you have had 
a similar yet different experience of being on our own and those things. And and it, and it, and it is a really tough time for some people. Yeah. And to those people, especially like the obviously the numbers reflected, just just gives a shout or give you a shout or someone. Definitely. I think this is what the process that I think a lot of people go through is you think, I don't want to bother, I don't want to share that I'm struggling with friends and family because I don't want to burden them. Yeah. I don't want to go to the GP, and this is probably even worse at the moment. Mm. I don't want to go to the GP because the health service is strained. Yeah. If I look at, like, uh, this is some of the thought process I went through. If I look at counselling, it's too expensive. I can't afford a 50 quid counseling session a week well, it's hard to justify when you don't understand the benefits it could have as well exactly. and the thing is you are right like financially when i mean when you're i don't know if you're the same as me but for a while when i was a dad on my own and two kids and just bills to pay still and a house to pay for and then the, the money's different and maintenance is different and all of these different things do you know what i mean so I don't know, mate. It, like for me, that was one of the big things. Like I couldn't justify counselling, and like I couldn't. Well, because either if 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 I went to counselling, then I'd have to go without something else, or someone else would. Yeah. I mean, fortunately for me, that's not the position now. But I know a lot of people. It is. Yeah. And, and it will only you know you think we're going into lockdown, and Christmas is a time of contrast. Yeah. So if you're not happy. It's it's magnified a little bit at Christmas. Oh, it's the worst time of year if you're if yeah. you're in a, if you're on a bad run, mate. It's the absolute worst time of the year. I absolutely despised Christmas for a couple of years, and and even the build up to it, I was anxious about it because I knew I wasn't having them until Box Day the day after, and I was anxious about that. Even go back to October, do you know what I mean? And this year, when you're in lockdown, you haven't got much else to think about, really. Yeah. If you're furloughed or whatever, or can't find a job, and it's just it can't. It could this this Christmas. I did the last one because I'm not going to speak again on this subject before Christmas. But I'd just advise anyone that it's going to be a tough ride this Christmas, man. It, and it, some people are going to have a great time. For some, it's going to be awful. Remember that. Keep an eye on people. Look for little changes. And there's no absolutely no weakness or burden in reaching out to anybody. Um, even even if it's not reciprocated, if it's not you've done it, and that's an important step, and then you can use that sort of positive that you've done it to speak to somebody else and somebody that will help you. And I just think that this one could be a bad one. So I think everybody just be aware and maybe look after each other. Yeah, we need a lot more of that. And that, that, that those really wise words, great advice. Um, I put something out the other day actually around. It's a great service I found, especially I think thinking about men, we're probably easier at texting than talking. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. If you text the word shout to yeah. 85258, there's, um, it's free and their counsellors on the other end will, will text you back. So, you know, if you, if you can't reach out to someone or you're not having someone checking in on you there there is something but that to be honest that took me ages to find yeah. um so it is tough and perhaps this is a you know the subject of another podcast we could do next month maybe mate get some yeah. other people on as well yeah i mean there's i mean i mean i've got endless stories and there's people doing fantastic work mate i think we could we could probably do something with it and with the audience we have between us we could sort of probably link that to something mate and get people Get people chatting, it can never be a bad thing. 
that's very nice of you. <laughs> Your audience is uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and mine is barely part of Fratton Park. <laughs> the most beautiful stadium on earth. The Tottenham one, yeah. Fratton Park. Park. <laughs> You'll know there's never where else in the country will you find a half mock Tudor stadium? I I've I went I went a lot because I worked for a company in Portsmouth for a good long time and um, yeah. I loved going there. Great atmosphere. There's no there's no better atmosphere. I've been yeah. all over the world. Well, no better atmosphere. It's a great atmosphere. There's there is a better atmosphere. <laughs> if you say Tottenham, I know you're just lying. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's been great talking to you again and honestly I'm, I'm, and I know everyone that will listen will be happy to hear from you and happy to hear you're, you're doing well and please keep doing what you're doing because you genuinely do help people thank you mate, it means a lot goodbye take it easy <laughs>